What's up, Buzznet? In reference to the podcast. Back at it. Uh-oh. <laughs> My nose holes might be ejecting. Alright, I'm Amanda. I'm Heather. We're back on a murder Monday. Oh wow, you don't want to make it about you and record again? No, it's all about you this time. Oh, wow, how, how nice of you. I know, I like to give back. Alright, wow, we're going to learn about Jeannie. And my sources are Matthew Santoro from YouTube. I love him. I know. I just recently, like, started really watching him. And, yeah. That's where I found the ten craziest rides that you were like, I'll pass. Absolutely not. Also used Wikipedia. Yeah, The Guardian. Um, so... A great first bullet point. In an attempt to wind down one evening, I started watching a Matthew Santoro video entitled The Creepiest Wikipedia Pages. And at the end of the video, he said something about, quote, you should stay off these, but I know some of you won't. End quote. And, and you went like, to it? <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm alright. Um, oh shit, my fingers are typing it in. But obviously, I was one of those people. But, to be fair, I just didn't feel like looking into any of the other cases I, I have listed on my topics page. I have a ton listed, and it, every time I look at them, I'm just like, Ugh. let me find something different. So, here we are, on a case I didn't know about, and he said it was a creepy wiki page. I don't think it was that. <laughs> he did? Oh my god, it's gonna my hair like I'm so scared if there's a fucking spider or something on me. <laughs> so anyway, I don't think it was a creepy Wikipedia page, but it is pretty fucked. So Alright. Alright, fuck it up. Alright, just just up to the elbow. <laughs> uh That's not funny at all, actually. <laughs> a classic scene that... That's just so good. Um, so Jeannie... <laughs> just, you know, jumping, talking about kids now. Jeannie is a name given to a severely abused child. So let's dive into her history, because the wiki... Wikipedia... <laughs> Wikipedia page was long, and this one is fucked. I think I already said that, so... Jeannie's dad name. Wow, this is a good one. Rest in peace. To, well, rest. Maybe not in peace, but. No, spoiler alert. <laughs> Jeannie's dad's name was Pearl Wiley. Was he supposed to be a girl? Nope. He did end up changing his name eventually to Clark Wiley. Um. And her mother, Irene, when she was a child, she sustained a head injury that caused her vision to regress. Those don't make sense to be in the same bullet point, but I digress. They're there. 
Clark didn't want children, but apparently didn't think. <laughs> I don't really know. Apparently didn't think of the consequences of sex because Jeannie was one of four children that her mother became pregnant with. Jeannie's oldest sibling was a girl that was born despite Clark beating the mother and trying to strangle her to death near the end of the pregnancy. Oh my god. Oh, just wait. <laughs> oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, I'm talking like very tip of the iceberg. When the baby wouldn't stop crying and, the, and Irene couldn't get her to be quiet, Clark put the baby in the garage where she caught pneumonia and died at 10 weeks old. Oh my god. <laughs> How the fuck did he go to prison? Oh, it's a, it's a, you it better, gets worse. You better put that seatbelt on. Yeah. Buckle in. Buckle in. The next baby was born with about a, with about a year later. <laughs> um. Okay, so the next baby was born a year later and had RH incompatibility. And I'm no doctor, and I really don't know what it means. Just that symptoms range range from mild to severe. So don't ask me. What RH is? What RH compatibility is. I tried to Wikipedia it. Didn't make sense. So. Okay. Um, the second child died two days after birth, either from the RH incompatibility or from choking on his own mucus. Hmm. The third baby was born three years later and also had an RH incompatibility but was otherwise healthy. This was a son who Clark forced the mother to keep quiet. And this led to significant physical and linguistic developmental delays. At the age of four, uh, the maternal grandmother took over his care, but as he made progress in his development, she returned him to the parents. You know, because... Why not? Now we're gonna hit the fast-forward button and go five years into the future from when that happened. Um, We're not going to... 2024 yet. We can't? Are you sure? I mean... Sorry. I'm not that great. I know. Um, and this is when Jeannie was born. Around this time, her father began to isolate the family from others. Although Jeannie was born with an RH incompatibility and required a blood transfusion, she had no lingering issues from this. At a three-month checkup, she was gaining weight but had a hip dislocation and was required to wear a splint until she was 11 months old. This caused a delay in her walking, and it is believed this led her father to believe she had a mental developmental development issue. As a result, it is believed, could I say believed, just one more time. Maybe. Alright. As a result, it is believed (laughs) that he started to ignore her and encouraged his family to do the same. There isn't much known about her early life besides this, and recounts from her mother are inconsistent. She says Jeannie started to talk, but then says she never produced speech of any kind. So, like, which is it? Yeah, it's either they do or they don't. (laughs) At 14 months, Jeannie had a fever in some disease. Not pneumonia. Pneumonitis? I don't know. Whatever. Regardless, she was sick. Her parents took her to the pediatrician who had not previously seen her. This pediatrician said that there was a possibility that Jeannie was mentally challenged, even though her illness prevented a definitive diagnosis. So, wait till she's fucking better. And right? Like, oh, she's sick, there's something, it, there's nothing we can do. Uh, it was, this, this whole thing is fucked. 
When Jeannie was 20 months old, her paternal grandmother was killed in a hit-and-run accident. Jeannie's brother was with his grandmother when she was hit, and Clark blamed him for the accident, and caused, and this caused him to become more angry towards the family. The person responsible for the accident only received proba probation, which is believed to have led Clark into believing that he needed to protect his family at all costs. Because he believed that Jeannie was mentally challenged, he decided to protect her, to protect her. He needed to hide her away from society as much as possible. So, like, I guess. Like, lock her in the attic? Kind of. Clark quit his job and moved his family into his late mother's home and demanded that her car and bedroom remained untouched as shrines to her. Ew. Can someone say mommy issues? And supposedly this is all because, like, she named him Pearl. I don't know. Once the family moved into the grandmother's house, by the way, it was a two-bedroom home. One bedroom which could not be touched because it was the grandmother's. So Jeannie's father increasingly kept her confined in the back bedroom, which means the rest of the family had to sleep in the living room. During the daytime, for 13 hours, Jeannie was tied to a child's toilet. She was placed in a harness that acted more like a straitjacket. And even though she was on a toilet, she wore diapers and could only move her extremities. At night, she was tied into a sleeping bag and placed in a crib with a metal screen over the crib. Her legs and arms were immobilized. It is theorized that she was also sometimes left tied to the potty chair at night. Hmm. It is believed. You have the strength to believe. <laughs> it is believed that if Jeannie made a sound, she was beat with a large plank that her father left in her room. He also barked and growled at her like a wild dog, wild dog and grew his fingernails out so he could scratch her. Jeannie developed a tendency to masturbate at inappropriate times, and this led doctors to believe she was sexually assaulted, either by her father or by her older brother, but the, the father made the brother do it, but this has never been proven. Jeannie was refused solid f food and was only fed baby food, cereals, occasionally a soft-boiled egg, and liquids. She was spoon-fed by her father or brother when forced to do it, and if she couldn't swallow the food or choked, or choked, they then rubbed her face in the food. They also tried to feed her as quickly as possible, so the choking unable to swallow probably happened quite a bit. That's horrible. No, we're not done yet, honey. Although, for the most part, we are. Um, Jeannie's mother was only around her when she was being fed, but she was never allowed to feed Jeannie. Sometimes the mother would sneak food into Jeannie at 11 at night, which caused Jeannie to have a disturbed sleeping pattern where she slept from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., woke up, and then went back to sleep for another six and a half hours. Which, same. <laughs> Clark apparently was weirder about noises than I am, and forbade his wife and son to make noise or talk without permission. And if they did, he beat them. He also had no working TV or radio in the house. Mm -hmm. And I have really weird things about noises. So, like, that's saying a lot be weirder than me about that. Like, I can't stand the sound of other people peeing. Jeannie was kept in the dark and rarely allowed to play, but when she did, it was with empty food containers, old spools 
old spoils of thread. TV guides where the pictures were cut out or two raincoats that hung in her room. Her father only allowed her brother to leave to go to school, and upon returning, he had to prove it was him before coming back into the home. What? I know. <laughs> that is so fucking weird. So weird. No one was allowed to visit the family, and the neighbors never knew Jeannie existed, and that the fa- they only thought the family had a son. Here, this gets weirder. Clark kept detailed notes on the abuse he gave to his family and the efforts he put forth to conceal the abuse. That. Did he write in a fucking book? I, I don't know, but like a, that's like, a psychopath. Yeah, like, you're keeping stats. <laughs> Today I beat the kid three times. I don't know, this is weird. Jeannie's mother was almost blind during this time, and Clark beat her and threatened to kill her if she contacted anyone. Clark forced his son into silence and beat him with increasing frequency and severity, and eventually forced him to abuse Jeannie for him. Clark was convinced that Jeannie couldn't live past the age of 12 and that, and he promised his wife that if she did, the wife could reach out for help. However, when Jeannie lived to be 12, he did not let the mother do anything and she wouldn't take action for another year and a half. In October of 1970, Jeannie was approximately 13 and a half years old when her parents had an argument that was violent and her mother threatened to leave if she could not call her parents. Later that day, Jeannie and her mother left and went to her grandparents in Monterey Park. Her brother had already moved out and was living with friends elsewhere. Three weeks later, Jeannie's mother was going to apply for disability benefits for the blind, but accidentally walked into a social services office that was next door. When a social worker who greeted Jeannie and her mother learned of Jeannie's age, she knew something was wrong. She thought she was six or seven and possibly autistic. Sorry, possibly living with autism. Right to call people autistic. Um, the social worker and her supervisor questioned Jeannie's mother, and after confirming Jeannie's age, called the police. Jeannie was 13 and a half years old and weighed 59 pounds. Oh. My left boob weighs that much. Not the right one, because the right one's smaller. <laughs> um, she was only 4 feet and 6 inches tall. She had two nearly full sets of teeth in her mouth and a distended abdomen. Ew. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, Jeannie's parents were arrested and Jeannie became a ward of the court and was immediately taken to Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. On November 20th, Clark committed suicide by gunshot. He was to appear in court that day on child abuse charges. And... This was after about three days of steady media coverage and crowds and police trying to get him to talk about the allegations. He left two suicide notes. One was to his son and said, be a good boy. I love you. Which is weird. Hell, he's not a fucking dog. First, and he's 18. Oh, yeah. Like, or older. I mean, well, no, he's 18, 18 and a half, 19, somewhere in there. But yeah, I'm like, that's literally what I say to my dog when I leave. You be a good boy. <laughs> um, and the other was directed at the police. One of the notes contained, quote, the world will never understand, end quote. But reports are conflicting on if it was the suicide note to police or to his son. Charges against Jeannie's mother were eventually dropped after she told the court that the beatings from her husband and her near-total blindness left her unable to defend or protect her children. 
Reports say after Clark's suicide, Irene was solely dedicated to Jeannie, and she received counseling from Children's Hospital as well. James Kent, a physician at Children's Hospital, responsible for Jeannie's care, said her case was the worst case of child abuse he had ever seen. She had black bruising and a thick callus on her butt from the restraints her dad used. She also had bone deformities in her hip joint, and her bone age was determined to be that of an 11-year-old. How old was she at that point? 13 and a half. That one wasn't as shocking to me. Like, I would have expected it to be even younger than 11. That's true. Um, Although her vision was thought to be normal, she could not focus on anything further than 10 feet away because that was the depth of her room. She could not stand up straight nor fully straighten any limb. Like, neither can I. (laughs) Um, And she could not chew... She could not swallow any solid or soft food and struggled to even swallow liquids. She did not have control over She did not have control over urinating or defecating and did not respond to extreme temperatures. I laughed because I said overing urinating. Doctors said that she had an interest in staff members at the hospital, but never showed attachment and she had high antisocial behaviors and lack of personal space and property. She often spat or blew her nose on anything nearby. Doctors say she acted on impulse and had no respect for the setting she was in, often openly masturbating and sometimes attempting to involve older men. Oh. Which would also lead me to believe. She was sexually abused? Yeah. When upset, she would attack herself violently, but remained completely expressionless and never cried. It was determined that she had not acquired a first language due to the isolation and lack of exposure to language during childhood. It was also concluded that she was not selectively mute and had no physiological or psychological explanation for her lack of language. It was just literally that nobody spoke to her. In June 1971, Jean Butler was taking Jeannie on day trips to her home. And she eventually petitioned for foster custody of Jeannie. And while that was under review, she was allowed to stay with Jean. While staying with Jean, Jeannie... That's confusing as well. Yeah. Jeannie started showing signs of reaching puberty. By the end of her stay with Jean, Jeannie could control herself and use the bathroom properly. Um, But in mid-August, Jean's application for foster custody was denied. Jeannie then moved in with the Riggler family. One of the therapists at the Children's Hospital overseeing her case. She remained with them, but another person was appointed as her legal guardian in 1972, and that was John Minor. In 1975, when she turned 18, her mother stated she wanted to care for her, and in mid-1975, the Wrigglers decided to end their foster parenting and agreed to let Jeannie move back with her mother, But her mother became stressed and contacted the California Department of Health to find different care options for for Jeannie without the regulars knowing. They placed her in a new foster home that was rigid and did not allow her to see her mother very often. At this foster home, Jeannie was subjected to emotional and physical abuse and this caused her to revert to her coping mechanism of silence. Once she vomited and was severely beaten and told if she ever did that again, she would never see her mother. So this made her terrified of opening her mouth for fear of vomiting. In April 1977, she was removed from the foster home and placed in a new one, but those arrangements fell through abruptly in December. 
and it was reported that Jeannie was feeling like the falling through of the foster homes was her fault and was causing trauma and continued developmental regression. In 1978, her legal guardian failed to update his status to legal guardian of an adult who was incapable of caring for the oneself. So her mother received legal guardianship again and then stopped letting doctors and researchers around Jeannie. She has moved through several foster homes again and institutions as well, some of which subjected her to more abuse. In 2003, her mother died of an undisclo- her mother died of undisclosed natural causes at the age of 87, and it was reported as of 2006 that Jeannie was a ward of the state in California and was living in an undisclosed location. That is horrible. Yeah. And, like, one of the things that bothered me, and I know why it happened, but, like, there were doctors and researchers who were, like, constantly around her because they wanted to figure out, like, more about the development of language and this and that. But, like, I feel like at a certain point that's also abuse. Yeah. Like, let her just recover. I don't know. So, I hope she's doing well. But nobody knows. Well, I mean, obviously somebody knows where she's at, but it's just not been released. And her brother also, I think, has passed away. So. It's just her. No mom, no dad. No brother. Yeah. But that's the case of Jean. Good old one to end on. What you got for us? Chillingham Castle. Chillingham. Is it a castle made of ham in a refrigerator? How did you know? Chilling ham. We give it away. It's just chilling. Ham. You calling me ham? Ham. Okay. On that note. On that note, you can find us on Instagram at in reference to, on Twitter at in reference to. You can send us emails at in reference to podcast at gmail.com. Still waiting for that one email. Give me this at least. Um, you can also help support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash in reference to. And until next time. Bye!